Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lunar Crush Live. Super excited today. We have the Icon Network and Icon Foundation. We got a bunch of folks coming on today. Um, so we're going to be excited to talk through the project, and we'll add them here in a second. Um, just wanted to have a disclaimer for everyone. We did have some questions uh, about the live stream. Um, we actually do not get paid to bring on any of the projects uh, that come on here. It's a completely free uh, thing that we do to create transparency in and around the market and we just get excited about projects and bring them on so i um, just wanted to clear that up for everyone and without further ado i'm going to start adding some folks in here boom 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 wow what's up everyone i uh, i'm going to try and uh since we we've got a lot of folks on here what i'm going to try to do is um kind of be as as uh, pointed as i can with questions uh, but, you know, if you do want to just add on to something, feel free, um, you know, kind of hop in there. So what I'm going to do is uh, first we're going to go around and uh, just let us know, you know, where you are in the world and kind of where you fit in uh, with Icon. And uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Dayki since you're below me. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, so my name is Dayki. Where am I? I'm currently in San Francisco. Uh, the U.S. election is still going on. Um, and <laughs> let's see, it's a lot of things happening since yesterday. Um, let's see my role within icon. So I joined icon about two and a half years ago. Uh, before that I was at a venture fund based here in the Silicon Valley, uh, for early stage investments. Um, uh, so I joined icon about two and a half years ago, mainly to kind of help foster its ecosystem. And one of the first things we did was to basically start I6 station, which I started with Scott over here. Uh, which is basically was kind of operating as an accelerator initially, and then later down the road and starting, I think last year and this year, uh, we've been kind of working on a few different projects that will be running on the ICON network. Um, aside from that, I try to work with external parties to help them educate them on what's happening within the ICON network. And also I'm quite interested in what's happening in the DeFi space. So trying to um, educate the folks within the ICON community about what's happening overall with the industry trends as well. Great. Well, welcome. Welcome. Marcus. Hey, guys. So uh, my name is Marcus. I'm currently based in Seoul. Um, I've been working with ICON since 2018. Um, I was at ICON's first venture capital firm called DeepLock, which was also an accelerator. And uh, we were responsible for accelerating projects in Seoul. Um, and since ICON was a project that started in Seoul, in Korea, uh, there was a lot of demand um, for that kind of technical consulting in Seoul. So that was my job. Um, and after, around 2019, I left ICON to start my own startup. And uh, in 2020, I came back. Currently, I'm running a public representative called ICON HyperConnect. And we'll get into the details of what a public representative is. In short, it's called a peer rep. Um, but in short, it's a block producer and validator. And in addition to that, I'm also working on a few things with Tegi because we're also responsible for running ISEC Station Seoul. So we're sort of the Seoul um, branch of ISEC Station. So um, yeah, excited to get the show going. And thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we'll definitely jump into um, some of the roles because John and I had some questions about that. And I'm sure it'll be good to go through that. So that'll be good. Scott, tell us about yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm here based in New Jersey right now, just outside of New York City. I used to be based in SF Dakey, but decided to come back, uh, come back home to the East Coast and spend some time with family. But um, I'm on uh, Icon Strategy Team. I focus on token economics, governance, uh, and engaging with the community. And in addition to that, uh, co-founded ICX Station with Dakey. And we kind of each lead our own projects. I'm leading uh, Balance Network, which is uh, one of the first DeFi projects on Icon. Dakey's leading OMM Finance, which is uh, another DeFi project on Icon that we're definitely both excited to talk about. Awesome. Awesome. Corey. Hi, guys. How you doing? And thank you so much for allowing me to come on the show. Um, I am located actually not far from Scott. I'm on Long Island, uh, just uh, east of New York City. And um, my role within the Icon ecosystem, um, I started I started to come into the Icon ecosystem in mid-2018. I wrote an article called Icon, the Embodiment of Democracy in the Free Market. And <clears throat> our founder, Min Kim, retweeted it. So that kind of got my foot in the door. And then I applied to be an um, ambassador for the for the um, PREP election um, in 2019. So I've been involved in Icon um, as an actual like public representative and someone who moderated the public representative uh, discussion panels uh, from mid 2019. So um, my job is pretty much um, community involvement. Uh, social media engagement, and I've also been on three public representative teams, and I'm on a public representative team now by the name of Icon Midos. Awesome. Well, great to have you guys, and thanks for going through that. And yeah, so let's get like right into public representative, kind of what this means. And I mean, you know, we've got a bunch of questions, but maybe, I mean, Marcus, you know, if you feel like you're kind of the best person to walk through that, kind of how, like, how does this work with governance with you guys? I mean, I know you've been around for a long time. And you've been working through these problems. So tell us just a little bit about what like community representatives, C rep, P rep, what are what's going on here? All right. So um, yeah, so regarding a public representative, in short, it's um, basically the block validators of the icon network. And um, the way that the icon network is structured is you have the P reps, public representatives, you have the iconists uh, who vote for these peer reps, and then you have the dApps within the network. And okay. the role of a public representative is not only to produce blocks, which is something that the top 22 most voted peer reps do, but it's also to um, engage in certain activities that are rewarded by a system in ICON called delegated proof of contribution. And what that means is it's sort of like um, what Bitcoin's proof of work um, is to ICON. And what it does is it basically allows people to vote um, for certain teams that carry out certain peer rep activities. And uh, essentially um, the peer reps are rewarded according to how much um, value they bring to the ICON ecosystem. So that's the, the whole idea behind delegated proof of contribution. Uh, the more the peer rep contributes to the ecosystem, the more um, votes that they can receive from the iconists. Um, how, essentially, how does someone actually contribute? So, is it obviously they're they're holding they're holding some, but are there other things that they're doing to kind of gain that reputation, and so that they're like you were talking about, Corey, kind of like voted for? I mean, are mm -hmm. are you guys voting for people? Are people getting supplanted because there's only twenty two? Is there a certain number of of coins that I need? Right. So, uh, first of all, 
that's a good question. So first of all, uh, when I say that they, um, you know, they can, uh, they, you know, add value to the icon ecosystem. What I mean is that it can take the form of many different projects. So for example, Isaac station is also a public representative as well as their work and, and what they as an accelerator. And basically what they do is that, um, in for Isaac station, they create a lot of different projects for icon. Um, so they have DeFi projects coming out. They also do, um, you know, that goes beyond just the block validation. So that's the role of a peer app is that it can take any form. It can be marketing, it can be development in the case of Isaac station, it can be um, acceleration, but as long as they uh, add value to the ecosystem, the iconists will sort of um, judge that and vote accordingly. And um, to become a peer app, uh, more specifically, you need to have at least uh, 2000 ICX burnt and run a node on the icon network. Gotcha. And running a node on the icon network entails. Um, I mean, keeping keep a copy of the ledger is mainly. It's keeping a copy, but not. Is there a certain amount that you need to hold to do that, or you can just be a part of it? You need to be in the top one hundred. So whether or not you gotcha. have enough coins to self-delegate yourself into the top one hundred, or you can gather enough votes to get into the top one hundred, that's really the threshold. And then to kind of piggyback off what Marcus was saying, like. I would say delegated proof of contribution is essentially an ethos with an icon about how to pick validators. While like the actual economics of our network are very similar to traditional DPoS currently, um, the where delegated proof of contribution comes in right now is more within the community of answering the question, how do I pick a team to vote for? While in other networks, uh, the ethos is very much focused on who's sharing the most rewards, who's giving the biggest kickback to their voters. On our network, it's much more, what are you doing for me? And that's really how we get people to pick quality teams is kind of the goal there. And then to kind of institute delegated proof of contribution at the protocol level and like into the actual economics, we've built the contribution proposal system, which is supposed to launch in December, where anybody, uh, ICX holder or not, can apply to the contribution proposal system to do a certain job, to do certain work and receive monthly payments if they get approved by uh, the P reps. So that's where kind of the delegated proof of contribution will really reach the protocol level <clears throat> is when the P reps are going to be deciding which projects to fund. And this funding comes from uh, block rewards from network inflation. So we're actually going to be setting aside funds whose specific purpose is to help grow the icon ecosystem. Smart. And just to piggyback off of that, I think the easy way to kind of imagine what the CPS fund is, I think it's going to be actually quite similar to how uh, the DAO fund of ETH community was supposed to be used for. Um, so as, as the ICON network really tries to aim to be a DAO-ish network, um, basically the CPS is going to be equivalent of the DAO fund where basically these peer reps are going to be basically determining which of these initiatives will actually add value to the icon. And ecosystem. to piggyback on all three, I, a I lot feel, of piggybacking. Going I, on feel bad, I feel bad. I feel bad. Pig having to hold, hold up so much weight. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, on <clears throat> regards to Marcus and Scott talking about the importance of contribution uh, in the icon ecosystem regarding public representatives, there are multiple ways of measuring such contribution, whether it's DAP development, whether it's social metrics, whether it's community engagement, whether it's educational material. We have different public representatives that focus on their skills and expertise in specific areas that highlight their strengths within the ICON community. So I think that's so important. And that's why I think ICON is so unique that the community has such an active role to play in regards to 
what P rep represents me, what P rep speaks to me. And that, and that is the ethos of democratic Republicanism. And especially during an, an election, you know, the day of the election that's still going on. Um, I think that's important to reference as well within the icon community that there is a voting mechanism and that community members who own ICX at stake and vote to different P rep teams have that say. I'd love to, as you just said, Corey, we are in the middle of this election. I'd love to hear if if an election were held on the ICON network, what would it look like? What would the US election just have looked like if, if it used ICON? Well, well, votes are coming in live and they're calculated every day by a computer system is kind of a key difference. <laughs> <laughs> a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> no I paper think ballots. Be, yeah, yeah, we have, yeah, exactly. So it's actually a good ahead, comparison maybe. because uh, we actually published the post. I don't know if it was about a year ago, but like the way we see each of these different blockchain networks as almost kind of digital nation because they all have their own community within it. They all have their own governance system within it. And they have like vote equivalent, election equivalent basically happening within their network. So if you think about it, it's actually like these digital individuals um, have a digital identity participating in these digital governance um, that's operated by this, um, these digital votes. So it's actually quite a bit of a parallel between I think these blockchain networks and how a lot of these nations are operating. Well, that, that aligns a lot with, I mean, <clears throat> I wanna read a line from your white paper actually, which I have right here. It says, uh, we envision creating a new world by connecting such communities. Communities today are commonly defined by its social and political functions and limited to the economic boundaries set forth by nation states. Through ICON, communities can go beyond and be free from traditional economic systems and promote frictionless value exchange with other communities. So I'm, I'm trying to understand that. Does that mean, is this, does this work with, with nation states? Does this become a new type of entity? what you guys are aiming for? Is this something that transcends all nations? And how does that work with individual countries uh, with what that says? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely just continuing to talk about the concept of digital nations. You know, some people are more attached to uh, the cryptocurrencies that they follow, uh, mm -hmm. even more so than the country that they live in. And I do think that it mm -hmm. creates some sort of uh, patriotism, if you will, uh, for the for the coin that you have and kind of following the updates. And then we have like P reps every, you know, um, every network has a, their own name for their block producers and, you know, why you should vote for them and their own ethos and, and what they're building towards. And I kind of think that um, carries over to what brings value to a blockchain network is, is how big is that community uh, that, that really feels like they're part of your digital nation. And I think like uh, in the future, people may identify more so with not not necessarily uh, identify more so with their blockchain network, but at least from a, a business standpoint, what blockchain network are you building on is equivalent to like, where am I going to incorporate my company? What transaction fee policies does your blockchain have? Um, you know, like how connected is your blockchain network to other networks? You know, how free is it for me to do uh, business with other blockchain networks is very similar to, you know, doing business within a country and incorporating within that country. I, I agree. And I think that it's it's an amalgamation of both the digital nation concept and actually working with outside nations, outside of this digitized economy and this digitized world. We have it in ICON where these public representatives have created their own communities, which could be seen as your own micro nation states where people vote, people have a say with what's going on within that community. And then simultaneously, we have 
icon working with specific entities of the South Korean government. So I think that it's important to be able to consolidate the fact that icon is unifying both the digital nation and the and the <clears throat> nation that has existed since the dawn of humankind. I got a question and, and, and Diggy kind of said like we're Dao-ish, right? Which it's, you know, is it, what is the ish part of that? And then, I mean, how does, I mean, I think the, the community side of, you know, if I want to submit something or I have a change I want to make, you know, and it's like now that the, you guys have gotten so big and you've got a larger community. I mean, I see some of these early DAOs kind of starting and it's very confusing at the beginning. It's like, how do I submit something? How do, what is a reputation token? How do I get this? I mean, how do you guys onboard people um, so that they understand the community and they, and they make it easy? I mean, are you kind of handholding people doing, are you talking to people one-on-one? -on -one? Are you, are you bringing people in or do they just, there's documentation and you just go. Uh, so I guess what I meant by Daoish, as in like, I don't know, I guess the, all the full details of the Dao. So I guess what I meant to say is Icon Network is fully decentralized and it is aiming to be the Dao, uh, but I don't know all the full details of how the Dao form was structured or how it was operating as, as in like actual decentralized manner. So that's, mm -hmm. why, I, that's why I said it in, as in Daoish. Uh, in terms of how these Dao efforts are basically um, I think done, I think it basically comes with the community efforts overall. I think obviously uh, Icon Foundation is running one of the nodes in the Icon Network, um, but the way we see it is it's not Icon Foundation controlling everything. They're just participating as one of the node operators at this point. And you know, for these DAO initiative efforts, what happens is you know there are some documentations that happen, but a lot of these actual communication uh, actually happens through the community members' efforts. And then a lot of these other community members who read these communications actually participate through it. So I, I, I would say it's more of a team effort, which is like kind of a, more in a DAO spirit. Yeah, and, uh, and to add to that, I'll say that we do have kind of uh, some work to do in terms of the onboarding experience. Like if you were to, you know, you just bought ICX, you want to figure out how to get involved. You know, you got to come to our Telegram. You got to figure out who the admin is. You got to ask questions and try and figure that out. Um, typically that's the way that it goes. And, you know, I'm pretty active in our telegram room and, you know, I'll send people to our forum. We got forum.icon.community is where all of our governance discussions are taking place. If you want to apply for a grant, that's the place to do it. Um, it's just trying to get people there. And then Marcus is actually working on a project, a uh, new icon website, iconrepublic.org, I think. And, um, you know, I think that is actually going to solve a lot of the onboarding issues where people can get educated in the ed information that they need um, right away in like one kind of spot. I'd say we're kind of fragmented right now and could be better there in terms of figuring out like who to vote for, what are the current topics of discussion and things like that. I think we have uh, some work to do there and I'm kind of excited for uh, 2021 to see the efforts that we make um, and the, you know, some projects that are being worked on finished. Yeah, and um, just adding a little bit to what Scott said, I think um, regarding the question of onboarding, one of the things that we have right now is something called the ICON grant. Scott mentioned this briefly, but to go into it just a little bit more, it's uh, basically a grant provided by the ICON Foundation. Um, and it's using the block rewards that the ICON Foundation um, has as a peer app. So they use the entirety of their block rewards to fund projects that add value to the ICON ecosystem. 
And this is a grant that's open to anyone, um, developers or people who are into marketing or whether they want to start a project um, and anyone can apply to the forum and receive this grant. Um, that's one of the projects that we are running right now for onboarding. And I think around December, uh, we're also gonna have a system called the CPS, uh, Contribution Proposal System, uh, where we are going to have a fund that is run by the peer reps um, and the fund will be allocated to different people who apply for the fund um, in a very similar manner to how the ICON grant is run right now, but um, in a more decentralized way with the peer reps. So these are the ways that we're planning to increase onboarding for the ICON uh, network. So I'd love to hear, you know, this is great. And, you know, governance is extremely important and probably the most underrated piece of any, any project at all. Um, I'd love to hear about your DeFi efforts on top of all this governance, because, you know, we keep hearing about rug pulls almost every single day, lack of trust in DeFi. Great that we're at the level of trading fruit coins, but is there more here? Um, you know, so I'd love to hear more about what you guys are up to in the DeFi space. Why don't you take that one, Dakey, our resident DeFi bro over here? The DeFi bro, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think, uh, I mean, it depends on what you're defining DeFi as. Um, and I mean, as a blockchain network, I mean, something that we've really um, taken a quite a bit of effort to think through was, you know, what will Icon Network be used for and what will it be useful for, right? And this is kind of, I think, question not just for Icon, but I would say most blockchains in general, like what, why are people using blockchain? Like who's going to use it for what? And then what value are you providing? Um, so this is something that we've been kind of thinking about for quite a bit. Um, and the kind of the conclusion at least I came to was that, you know, the way I see it is um, just the way uh, internet helped uh, free flow of information across different individuals. Um, I think that blockchain will basically help people transfer value seamlessly just as uh, internet did with information. Um, so if that analogy does deliver, um, like what are some of the use cases that can really utilize using that? I mean, like for internet services, uh, it was like email, search engine, all of these are basically a kind of extension of transfer information. Uh, if the transfer of value is so, you know, can be basically pro programmed, what are some interesting use cases? I think DeFi kind of attached to that. So that's why I kind of got super excited about DeFi. Um, and I kind of started using some of the DeFi service myself. And yes, there has been a lot of different food coins and I've participated in a few different food coin farming as well. Um, it was quite hectic for the past few weeks uh, when that happened. Uh, but in general, like, I, I do think there was a lot of these yield farmings which weren't quite sustainable. But I think they, what that did was that, I mean, in the, first, in, the, in the first place, basically what DeFi does is it kind of eliminates the middleman. And this is kind of a common phrase, but what it really does is because you're doing things through a smart contract, now there are less people that are actually involved with some of these um, transactions and whatnot. And ultimately what that means is that because it's all can all done through a smart contract, this can be become this can become much more scalable. Um, and right now I would, I would say it's still in the infant stage because it's only used for the crypto users because frankly speaking, it's pretty hard to use a lot of these DeFi services right now unless you're really into crypto. Uh, but 
as an end user, I've tried both traditional finance loan service as well as a DeFi loan service. It was much easier for me to actually utilize loan service in terms of you know the process and how easy it was once I actually knew how it worked versus going through like SoFi loan and whatnot, for example. So I do think there is quite a bit of value there. And I do think there are a lot of big companies who are also noticing this. And like, for example, Coinbase is coming out with basically utilizing BTC as collateral to give you a loan. So I think there is quite a bit of trend here, but it's just a matter of, you know, like how can you really make this into a mainstream use case versus just basically targeting these specific speculators in the crypto space who are really just, you know, trying to earn economic uh, incentive over here. And I think that's actually a good segue to what Scott and I are working on. But um, I think what we're really trying to do at Icon in general is that we try to have, you know, blockchain use cases that can be applicable to a broader, broader um, community, not just crypto specific people, because, you know, we are all here for the long term. And we don't think that, you know, it's not, it's not gonna, it may not happen in a year or two, but we think that over a long period of time, eventually a lot of people will be able to hopefully have access to a lot of these blockchain services, which we think actually have value. Um, so that's what, uh, that's why we are actually uh, working on a few DeFi projects where we think that can deliver those. Yeah. Uh, with that, you want to uh, <laughs> kick off with that balance? Yeah, I mean, I just want to kind of add, just generally speaking, where Icon looks to differentiate in our DeFi ecosystem is, you know, on the balance team, we kind of have a saying that, you know, Icon's DeFi is going to be DeFi for the rest of us. You know, we're really not trying to poke through Etherscan to find smart contracts and figure out like where we can send money, you know, and figure out like what, you know, you look at, you know, Dickie was saying that he was able to, uh, you know, use these DeFi projects rather easily. But sometimes I feel like, you know, we're, we're used to these things, you know, try and get my dad to, to use like any of these major products on, on Ethereum and he'd have a really hard time understanding anything that's going on. And I'd say from the user experience standpoint, that's really where we're trying to differentiate ourselves. Uh, user experience and user onboarding um, in terms like you have uh, the network layer projects, which is balanced in LMM. And then on top of that, we have a user onboarding service that uh, should be coming out end of November, early December called Bridge that really, you know, targets non-crypto users. I think we're not necessarily trying to, of course, you know, we'll try and bring some people from the ETH ecosystem over to ICON. But really what we're trying to do is prove that blockchain technology and decentralized finance can be used by anybody. And I think that is kind of what we're looking for in 2021. Um, so I, I love hearing yeah. about that. I just want to I want to hear a little more on that because that's that's something we talk about. I mean, literally every day. You know, we're we're about user experience, and that's never done. And it's a continuous optimization. And I'm curious how through user experience you're going to go more mainstream. I'm curious, like, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of just walk you through very briefly one of the projects that Project Bridge that I mentioned. You know, bridge in the same way that Bitcoin took uh, multiple existing technologies and brought them together to create Bitcoin. I would say bridge is bringing together multiple existing technologies and multiple existing services into one seamless user experience to kind of change the onboarding for uh, blockchain applications. So bridge, you create an account. Um, it's got private key management involved, so you never have to touch your private key. You don't necessarily even have to know what it is or know that you're using blockchain. You enter your email, you get a confirmation link. Then you, if you want to, and then you just have the opportunity to deposit cash and then you deposit cash. And really what happens in the back end, it goes to a trust and then we create you a stable coin. So this is all going to be done in a widget. 
um, where you just enter your email, you sign up, you go through that process I mentioned. And in minutes, you can have a stable coin in a wallet. You don't even know necessarily need to know about the private key or anything. And you can be using uh, Dakey's product, OMM.finance, to lend those dollars in an open money market similar to Compound or Ave. So you could go in minutes uh, from dollars in your bank account to stable coins in a smart contract earning yield. Uh, with a very seamless user experience, you don't necessarily need to know that you're even using the Icon blockchain or any blockchain at all for that matter, depending on you know how we build the user experience there. So that's kind of what I'm really excited for is just the use cases of bridge outside of the fact that uh, you know we're building great DeFi products in general. It's great, really cool. It's almost like a login. Yeah, yeah. Really. It's like an I. You know, it's it's just like it's, it's kind of like a little bit of like what Plaid had has done. Um, you know, for interface between banks and logins and having one kind of trust, like trusted, even though it should be trustless person in the middle. Um, that makes a lot of sense as far as use cases with a lot of the different projects that would be, I mean, having that, I'm just kind of thinking like having that interface with other projects outside of just your projects would be interesting too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a NFT project on icon project Nebula. They sell planets. It would be great if like someone who didn't know anything about cryptocurrency could be like, Oh, I'm going to buy this planet for a hundred bucks. I just need to create a planet. Well, yeah, I want to know more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough about project. Yeah. Yeah, You buy planets. It's an NFT project. Um, I know it's about exploring space. I've been trying to get involved in their pre-sale, but I keep missing the boat. Um, I don't, I don't know enough about the project to expand, but, I know it's like space exploration and I'm excited. It's, it's bringing like uh, really good art to NFTs. Like the planets are like really well designed and they have like music associated with them. I really like the spin and kind of extra effort these guys are putting into on top of, you know, what was proven by crypto kitties to be something interesting. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, so planet, like, Joe. yeah, yeah. Can yeah. Tell us, anyone else know a little bit about that? Like how, like what is it just a, is it a game? Is it an NFT? And then you're buying it is these? A game. Like how does it, oh, it okay. is a game. I know that much. It's a game. You buy the planets. It's about space exploration. And I'm pretty sure you need, like the planets provide you certain resources, I believe. And then you can use those resources to advance within the game. Cool. That's the the rundown right there on Project Nebula. John, you're going to have to tell your sons about that one. That would be pretty epic. (laughs) No, they're they're not getting a planet. I'm getting the planets. (laughs) Well, but Joe, you said something about, you know, identity, you mentioned plaid, like this may be also a good segue to talk about DID. I know you guys were like, we were reading about uh, Shinon Bank and I think it was Kosen Hospital. And it, you know, identity is in a, a very difficult and important element here. How, how are you guys, how are you guys tackling this? What's going on with DID? Marcus, I'm going to kick this one to you who's on the ground in Seoul. He's been doing a lot of great work on that. <laughs> a lot of great yeah. information there. Um, yeah, sure. So Icon, um, so basically Icon's DID project is kind of its flagship project. Um, it's run by a company called Icon Loop, which is the technical development or technical developer partner of Icon. Um, and so Icon Loop's DID is currently, um, the largest uh, DID alliance in Korea. It has something like 80 plus partners and uh, the alliance partners or the growth partners include um, industry leaders within Korea. And um, right now, I think um, the DID project is currently using both the ICON private chain as well as the public chain, um, which has been something that um, the ICON community has been you know, really wanting for a long time. So that was a really big uh, 
breakthrough for the DID project. And uh, obviously, um, just talking about the DID project itself, um, right now, one of the things that we're running um, at ICON is um, in, in partnership with a bank called Shinan Bank, which you mentioned. Shinan Bank is currently the largest bank in Korea, and they've launched an app called Jung um, in Korea. It's available on the Play Store and the App Store. And it's a little ID system that um, sort of verifies um, based off of the Icon Loop protocol. And um, yeah, it's right now it's getting a lot of traction within Korea. It's something, obviously DID is a really central part of any um, ecosystem and it's being used by a lot of different companies. So it's something that we're looking forward to. You think it's crucial? To, I think it's also crucial to bring up that um, <clears throat> Visit Me, which is a digital identification um, app, is being used in Jeju Island, which is known as the Hawaii of Korea, with an annual 16 million visitors per year. And that's an icon project as well, which I think is a, a crucial aspect of the flagship project known as My ID. It's also being used in Paul Bassett, which is one of the largest coffee shops in Korea. I, I think that this is proving how ICON is setting the stage to be the foundational digital blockchain bedrock for South Korea in multiple different avenues of industries. Yeah, maybe Mark, if you want to just tell us a little bit about, I mean, you're on the ground there in Korea and, you know, I mean, John and I have spent a little bit of time there and I'm sure the rest of you guys have. I mean, like, what does the consumer market look like there as far as blockchain? I mean, does adoption seem to be a little bit quicker regulation? It seems a little bit more seamless. It seems like, I mean, I know you guys have ultra fast internet over there, but I'm, it's like, what else, like, what's like, do you just tell us a little bit about adoption there and, and what you're seeing on the ground? Yeah. So if I talk about adoption in terms of the ID, I think that would be an interesting uh, angle. Sure. Um, so one thing I forgot to mention was that in Korea for the past 21 years, we had a system called the accredited um, certification system, which is the ID system, online ID system that everyone had to use when accessing financial services. So when you're trying to log in into your bank account, or trying to just verify your identity online, there was this very outdated system called the Accredited Certification System. And this system was abolished by Congress uh, in June, I believe, um, so five months ago. And um, the government has been very favorable towards DID systems, so blockchain-based ID system. And one of the advantages of Icon Loop and Icon is that Icon Loop has really close ties with a lot of different government entities. So they've been working with uh, agencies like uh, KISA, uh, Korea Internet uh, Service Agency, as well as the Seoul government um, in you know, bringing about adoption. So Corey mentioned this as well, uh, but with regards to Jeju Island, which also uses MyID, um, essentially that wasn't just a you know partnership with a few different branches in Jeju. It was actually a partnership with the Jeju governor and the government itself. So everyone who goes to Jeju, which is, um, by the way, Jeju Island and um, and the rest of domestic Korea is uh, one of the hottest domestic uh, flight routes in the world. So it's a very uh, popular area for Koreans as well as international, um, let's say, tourists. But um, Everyone who goes to Jeju Island has to basically use the DID app 
so that they can um, sort of ensure that there's proper tracking going on for coronavirus. So, oh. yeah. Hmm. So, so there is a lot of, um, I think um, in terms of adoption, um, I think it has been slow because um, there's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of efforts, I think, um, back when blockchain and cryptocurrency was really hot in 2017, there were a lot of startups um, attempting to bring about, you know, try to launch projects. But I think a lot of that died down uh, since 2017. But one thing that we're noticing lately is with regards to, especially with regards to ICON um, and because of their close relationship with government entities, uh, we're seeing a lot of government uh, sort of sanctioned blockchain adoption going. So MyID in Jeju is one. Another example would be with the city of Pohang um, in Korea, which is also a really large city, 500,000 population. They are also going to be working with Icon Loop to create a MyID-based uh, DID ecosystem, um, as well as the Seoul government, which is um, which currently has Icon Loop as the main blockchain uh, operator for the Seoul government. So there's a lot of interesting things happening right now with Icon Loop and um, different government entities, and I think this is going to really push uh, for adoption because in the end, these government agencies or these governments are going to um, sort of, in the case of uh, coronavirus, I think in this coronavirus era, um, it's only going to be more accelerated because uh, there's been a lot of use cases for or need for blockchain-based uh, um, DID services. You, you mentioned it, it works with coronavirus virus now is it is there like a test result that's attached to this app or something like that how does that all work right so this is what uh Corey mentioned with regards to visit me so visit me is a um visitor management solution that tracks um that tracks you know visitors to um like let's say a particular site uh let's say someone visits a site they have to log in with the app and currently Jeju is using this to track uh, different visitors to the island. And the reason why uh, blockchain is necessary in this case is because uh, for in Korea, especially, or maybe even abroad, but in Korea, um, in sites where you have uh, people who are, let's say, contaminated or people who are positive, um, these sites usually have to shut down for a few days. And... Um, not only do they have to shut down, but usually there is a consequence to shutting down um, in terms of sales, in terms of reputation, they get hit pretty badly. So there have been cases where people are you know, reluctant to actually uh, honestly um, talk about uh, people who are you know, reluctant to talk about um, you know, people who are positive visiting their sites. So in the case of, uh, with the case of a solution like um, VisitMe, you have a solution where you can't really tamper the data because it's all based on the blockchain. So this is something that's been more important. And I believe that IconLoop is currently in talks with other local governments as well to deploy the solution. And I guess for those of you who probably don't have context, uh, so I was in Korea a few months ago and it was actually pretty surprising, but basically they actually, uh, so whenever like a positive case is confirmed, they basically track all the past routes over the past few days or few weeks. And they basically like identify all that. And that's all tracked. 
And it's like kind of was like really mind blowing for me because obviously that's I don't think that's a common thing at least in the U.S. Nope. Uh, and basically, uh, that's basically much easily done by actually having a record of these, uh, but the hashed in a blockchain basically is what it comes down to. Amazing. Yeah, just the you had asked about uh, you know a, t a test being attached to it. It's for contact tracing purposes, not not for testing sure. or anything like that. Very interesting. Yeah, no contact tracing and and you know identity and pulling all that together and. I mean, which is also interesting because it's, you know, if you it's a, it almost seems like a completely different use case than kind of DeFi and kind of going down the chain a little bit. And so, I mean, what, like, how do you guys communicate this adoption to kind of your community and, and what does that marketing look like? And, and so how do you kind of align some of the projects and some of the things that you guys are working on and how do you communicate that out to the people to get them excited about what, what you guys are working on? Because in today's world and in, in, in our industry, it's like, you're public from the moment, you know, you, you start this and you start a project. And so you start to have to communicate really well. So what are you guys working on and how do you guys, how do you guys achieve that? Yeah, I'd say that's definitely been uh, one of the more difficult things that we faced um, in our position, you know, like communicating news from Asia to the Western community. And I'd say actually Marcus has been instrumental in providing, you know, on the ground coverage of what's happening and kind of explaining what it means and, you know, finding all the sources in Korea, like all the reputable news sources in Korea and sharing them uh, on Twitter with breakdowns of like really what it means, uh, because that has been that has been a difficult aspect of the project. And uh, yeah, so I'd say I'd say Marcus is absolutely uh, essential for that. <laughs> yeah, on top of that, I think uh, a lot of these initiatives, so like, for example, even initiatives with the corporates and whatnot, a lot of it oftentimes. So my idea is, I think, a little bit different case because uh, Icon Loop is kind of leading the initiative. But there were a lot of kind of a lot of interesting engagement with different entities. But oftentimes, Icon Loop was just kind of acting as a technology partner. So um, because kind of Icon Loop was acting as a technology partner, it was actually on the business entity's end to actually determine how to operate business, like what are the initiatives and whatnot. And oftentimes, I think it was hard for any of the team members to actually know what's happening because you know in the end, it's actually the business team, other entities actually make the decisions. Um, so those communications, I, I understand, has been a little bit difficult as well. No, it makes sense. And I just to kind of hop into something a little bit different. Um, you know, we 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 saw Icon Bet. Um, so I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about that a little bit. It seems pretty interesting, and and how that kind of works. And it looks like there was you know a question um, from someone in here about or maybe that was Icon Loop. Never mind, that was something different. Uh, but yeah, just talk a little bit about like, yeah, they said gambling dApps by volume. So 98% of Icon public blockchain are gambling dApps by volume. Um, you know, just talk, can you guys talk a little bit about that and, and that question and, and what your thoughts are? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Icon bet is, uh, what's it called? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, for this question specifically, 98% of the uh, volume being, being Icon bet related, I think that's kind of just the nature of the way icon bet works where it's non-stop playing to accrue as many tokens as possible it's called it's called token mining it's fairly common practice um for these types of apps so just by nature they generate a ton of transactions um while something like uh, visit me when people are just going to a store to, to buy something that's not going to generate like uh, a ton of transactions right away right um, i think like once our other public blockchain products launch like uh balance network the DeFi project i'm working on uh, omm.finance 
Bridge, Project Nebula, like once all these things get uh, going, I think uh, the percentage of transaction volume related to IconBet will go down. Though I do expect IconBet's transaction volume to stay constant, uh, if not if not rise as they get better. But um, you know, overall, I definitely think IconBet is pretty cool uh, from a DAO standpoint. They have like one of the most intense, passionate communities and like active in governance communities that uh, I've seen, like in or outside of the Icon ecosystem. And uh, just overall, it's pretty impressive how much of a community-led project that it actually is. They have a community-led public representative, like, you know, like so many games on IconBet are not made by the team. It's really more of a platform play. And then just other people in the community are adding to it. And I just think like the community side of things, like, you know, just going back to the digital nations concept, like if Icon is a digital nation, like uh, IconBet is certainly a state within that nation and they have their own community and their own ethos. And it's just really fascinating to kind of watch it grow from what it started as. Absolutely. And, and as someone who, who's personally friends with Geodude, I believe the founder of the icon bet community P rep, I've done some research on icon bet. I wrote an article about icon bet and I think it's important to outline that icon bet doesn't just generate a large transactions in icon, but it's a top 20 DAP in regards to 24 hour volume in the entirety of the blockchain space, not just icon. So it goes to show, as Scott said, how this truly can be identified as a state within a nation because you have so many transactions going on, you have commerce going on, and you have individuals interacting with this specific DAO. So I think it's incredible what icon bet has achieved on the icon network and it speaks volumes that they are one of the largest apps in 24 hour monetary volume in the entire cryptocurrency space. Very cool, yeah, and John and I talked about this early on and just the gambling in general and how much of a fit that was for blockchains and the, the transactions and then you know being cross-border and kind of keeping track of what you're doing and being able to even bet on someone else who's betting. And now that sports betting is, is coming online and in the US it's coming online as well. Um, just huge, huge opportunity, I think, for people to kind of get into that space. And so it, it makes sense that there are a lot of transactions there. And like you're saying, you know, as adoption comes, those transactions kind of, you know, they kind of filter out and it becomes a piece of something bigger. Uh, on on the subject of sports betting, actually, Zen Sports, which is a project built in the Icon platform for sports betting, they recently just launched being able to bet with ICX. So I think that's also an incredible feat as well. Very cool. Check that out. Very cool. Um, we have about 10 more minutes and I'd love to shift and talk a little bit more about marketing since, uh, Lunar Crush tracks a lot of the different social mentions that are going on out there. Um, you guys have so many different entities and sub entities, so many different individuals doing marketing. You know, how do you deal with decentralized, a decentralized environment and ecosystem and marketing? How do you, how, how does that all come together? Do you guys want to take a shot at it or do you want me to say something? Because I see I see I'm on I'm on Ludo Crush very frequently in regards to you know top 10 social engagements. And uh what I do personally is I just anything that I see regarding ICX or icon project news, whether it be from an iconist um or from the actual foundation itself, I just retweet and I share it within the telegram channels as much as I can because as you guys have said, marketing is so important and that social outreach, I think people don't realize how important social outreach is. And that's where 
you know, I, I, I try my best to do that because it is so important. Social media has become a foundational bedrock, specifically Twitter for blockchain news. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm very, I'm very happy to be on your guys' social mentions very frequently. And, and I continue to do it because I just, I love sharing the news and I love keeping people informed within the icon community about what's going on because one of the important things in regards to any blockchain project or any project in general is you have to keep your community and investor base informed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like uh, we've gotten much better with our online presence and kind of social media presence over time. Definitely was a struggle in the beginning. Um, you know, I only got onto Twitter, I think like maybe six months ago at this point, Dakey just recently got on as well. Um, so I think we're getting pretty good at marketing within the icon community and making sure people are informed on what's going on. Kind of the next step in my view is being able to reach people outside of the icon community. Obviously doing things like this helps, but I think from a strategic standpoint, trying to collaborate with other projects more has kind of been front of mind for us uh, on the icon strategy team and, you know, kind of sticking with that digital nations concept, you know, you're kind of reaching people who are in a different digital nation. If you can get, you know, kind of uh, cross promotion uh, between both platforms, something that is mutually beneficial for token holders in both ecosystems and both digital nations. Um, so that's been something I've been thinking about a lot is how we can get more of those, um, you know, collaboration opportunities going. I think a good example of that is a recent uh, announcement and partnership with Band Protocol, which is acting as an Oracle partner for Icon. And we've done some cross promotion over there and then saw some, I think, good results. You guys are working yeah. with Chainlink as well on, on Oracles, right? Yeah, we did. That was another good example of a uh, cross-promotion as well. Ban, Chainlink, um, and then you know hopefully more to come. We, we actually did a cross-promotion as well um, on Icon Medios. We're building a gamified trading platform called Future ICX, which awards um, individuals who place um, bets based on predictions on ICX and you earn dividends from that. And we implemented band protocol as well. And we're still working with band and we had a uh, cross announcement as well with multiple different influencers, plus the band protocol, uh, Twitter handle as well. So that's also, I think a focus as well to have that communal amalgamated effort. Um, another thing that's kind of interesting about icon is that unlike let's say Bitcoin, you have marketing sort of built into the system because we have the concept of peer reps and the nature of a public representative is to be, you know, doing public activities, going out for votes, you know, I think there is some uh, marketing that's kind of built in. Everyone is incentivized to be public about their activities. So um, I think that's one thing that is different about the iconic ecosystem as well. Would you say campaigning almost? Definitely. Certainly gets political. Pretty interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to ask, like, have you guys, are there like debates? Like, have yeah. you guys video? Yeah. Like, where can I find these? Kind of I would say these days the best place to look is on the forum. But yeah, as Corey is probably going to go on to say, we had we had debates early yeah. on with the, with the different peer reps when we were like first deciding voters. Or, like before we actually started voting, we had like a pre-voting period. We had, uh, Corey, what, you were like... Uh, I, I moderated all the... Yeah, you were the moderator, yeah. Yeah, all the panels. And there yep. was about, in total, I believe there was about 25 to 30 different P-Rep teams that discussed what they wanted to do, what they planned on doing. And they were very, very, very civil discussions. They were, I wouldn't even call them debates. I'd call them more along the lines of 
civil discussions on what each team planned to do and which allowed for Iconis to coordinate who, with who they wanted to vote for. And you can find that, I believe, in the Icon Foundation YouTube as well. And yeah. those are about a year, if I'm not mistaken, about a, a year and eight months old. So you're going to have to check um, down a little bit, but you'll be you'll be able to find them. And I moderated those debates. And if anybody has any questions on where those links are, I'll happily provide them. Yeah. And then and then on top, like early on after uh, we had the initial P-reps and we were kind of trying to figure things out, like economically, like uh, maybe making some adjustments to the model. Now that we saw it in practice, we had these uh, monthly governance calls, which I'm sure also on Icon YouTube where you know, all these essentially politicians came on the line, we recorded it, you know, Zoom meetup, like prompts and like discussions of things that we were planning on voting on. Um, you know, it's really interesting to see kind of how this is happening in practice, this whole big experiment of a digital nation. Um, and now, you know, it's, it's cooled down a lot right right now, which I, I kind of like, to be honest, it was, it, it was pretty, uh, pretty political yeah. in the beginning. And, you know, I'm kind of happy it's a little more focused on like all working in the same direction um, you know, less competition and more collaboration. And that's kind of how I always wanted it to be. And, uh, you know, at this point, more of the conversation is happening on the forum. Um, if you check out like the governance section, um, I've been leading some discussions recently on some upcoming governance changes, like a penalty structure requiring, uh, you know, validators to have a bond, um, you know, things like that, contribution proposal system, all that kind of stuff. It's really I'm just going to say it. You could actually use our Lunacrush data to <laughs> objectively evaluate some of these reps and how influential and how much engagement they're getting via our API. So Good that enough. is another element that could be thrown in there to objectively evaluate as your community grows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to be considered. You guys are coming up with a really interesting model for for kind of like voting on these things and, and yes. putting people in the forefront. And, you know, I just had someone tell me today, just because with the, the U.S. stock market's kind of been crazy and, you know, they're they're always like they're new to investing and they're like, they're like, these earnings calls are like a squawk box and like a radio and like a weird transcript that's like in Tahoma font. And it's like they don't know what the hell is going on. And it's like, why aren't these things more public? Why aren't they kind of almost like, you know, almost like the Apple event? And it's like for you guys, it's like showcasing some of these people that are trying to really change the the protocol for the better and are super passionate about it. I mean, it just seems like something that would just, uh, it would be fun to watch kind of debated out there as people being super passionate about it. Yeah. Passion is definitely there. The passion is definitely there. Very cool. Well, guys, we're, com we're coming up on the hour here. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover or talk about real quick that maybe we missed uh, with some of the projects that you want people to, to know about and, and where to find you guys? Uh, I just wanted to bring up uh, shortly about the monetary incentive to stake and vote. Um, when you stake and you also have to vote for a P rep, which incentivizes Iconis to act, to actually vote for specific P reps, not just stake, you earn as of right now, I believe it's a 12.82% uh, reward rate, which is an incredible reward rate. So I just, I just wanted to bring that up as well. And I'll do a, cool. a, sh a shameless plug for my DeFi project, uh, balance.network, if you want to check it out. Um, it's kind of a combination of MakerDAO, Synthetics, and Uniswap. We'll have a AMM DEX. You'll be able to deposit your ICX, uh, borrow stable coins, and on top of that, we'll be adding uh, many more assets for you to borrow uh, to essentially allow you to short uh, any asset in the world. Any asset that's on the platform, you'll be able to short it. So pretty excited to add that piece of DeFi to the Icon ecosystem. Very cool. 
Very cool. And so, right, I guess, yeah, you can go. Since, Scott, since Scott did uh, his project, I guess uh, I have a responsibility to do one for mine as well. So uh, I guess a quick uh, liner, one-liner for OMM. So, I mean, it's kind of similar to um, Aave and Compound, um, and there's no such uh, money market protocol on Icon Network. So we're building one ourselves. But hopefully with the integration of Bridge product we mentioned earlier, uh, we are hoping that it's actually, as the name mentions, open money market, not just DeFi. Like literally anyone can access this money market. Um, and with the kind of the seamless user experience, I am trying to kind of frame this as more of a kind of fintech application where people can earn higher uh, yields on their savings um, with just like not having to really know about blockchain through this money market protocol from anywhere in the world. Um, and that's what we're, we're trying to build here at uh, OMM Finance. Awesome. And Marcus, last word outside of next time we come to Korea, you're going to host us for some barbecue in Myeongdong. Please. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really have a project to plug, but just wanted to thank you guys for being great hosts. And if you do really come to Korea, let me know. <laughs> we will. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that some of these uh, travel restrictions we pull down and then you guys can uh, contact Trace us so that you know we're going to be all, all safe and, and all good. So. <laughs> You guys, Corey, Scott, Marcus, Dakey, and John, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Icon, we'll put all the uh, stuff in the show notes so you guys can see links and everything else. And I really appreciate you guys coming on. So good evening, yep. good morning, good night uh, to wherever we are in the world. <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep, thanks for having us. All right, thank you. Thanks. thanks.